Have you ever wanted to see for yourself what the Bible has to say? Well, you've come to the right place. Join me, Pastor Tom Marsis, and Vicar Aiden Moon as we explore the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and provide you some landmarks and guideposts along the way. Welcome to Trek Through the Scriptures. Welcome to Trek Through the Scriptures, Episode 2. My name is Pastor Tom Marsis. I'm the senior pastor at Zion Lutheran Church. I'm Vicar Aiden Moon. And we're glad that you're with us as we continue our look and reading through the scriptures from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Uh, we are glad that you're with us as we continue this trek. This week, uh, we will be looking at Genesis chapter 1 all the way through Genesis chapter 28. And uh, we're glad that you're with us on this trek through the scriptures. As we uh, begin, and we're right at the beginning, we're at the, uh, the trailhead, you might say, of our trek. It's exciting to think about in, in terms of a hike, like in terms of a journey that way. Uh, I, I really like to hike, and this is that, that metaphor rings very true for me when it comes to going through the scriptures. And Genesis is a kind of book that, if you're going to use that trek analogy, you're going to connect the um, maybe a difficult starting point. There's some stuff already right off the bat that'll be hard to understand. Um, we'll have some things that maybe uh, it's a little bit of an incline early on, but at the same time, I think for a lot of people, Genesis has a lot of familiarity, and there's also some really big picture views from the beginning that help us to see the whole scriptures. So you might be asking yourself the questions that we're getting started. What's the trail? In other words, how do we outline where we're going? You can always go to our website, zionbismarck.org. Uh, the day-by-day uh, -day breakdown is there as well. You can also go and download Read Scripture app. Uh, that breaks down day-by-day -day as we're reading uh, the chapters, uh, the psalm that we're reading each day, and that'll help you as you go along uh, this week as we continue our look at the various early chapters of Genesis and understanding God's plan in that way. And as we get started, it's important that we talk about the kind of literature that Genesis is. Uh, Vicar uh, referenced how it might be a little confusing at the beginning. It's a, you have to understand that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy uh, are really a grouping of books all written by the same author. God used Moses uh, to write down his, his plan at the beginning. And so he wrote all five books. There is a relationship then between Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They're called the Torah. Uh, they are the early scriptures for the Hebrew people. And it really is to understand that concept as we get into the book of Genesis. Absolutely. Um, last, last week, if you listened to episode one, we referenced that there's often two different groups, um, two different contexts that we need to be aware of. And there's the immediate context within the story itself, and there's lots of that in Genesis. Um, absolutely, there's a lot of important elements. But the audience of the original book, so who the book was written to in the first place and for in the first place, uh, is also important. So, as you said, it was the Hebrew Scriptures. It was for the people of Israel, the children of Israel uh, led by Moses. And so Genesis, even though it is... Uh, has a broad picture of the whole the whole world the whole world's creation it's also an identity setting book for the people of israel uh it's telling where they came from the promises that were made to their ancestors it's giving them a a spiritual identity as well so it's not just telling the story of the world even though it absolutely does that 
but it's also intentionally written to the people of Israel for their own spiritual identity. So some of the significant themes uh, that we will see as we go through, first is obviously creation and the fall. We find that already right away in the early chapters, both, but also a promise of redemption that is given in that. We'll see the covenant or promise contract that God made with Abraham and his descendants and how God will rescue his creation with the deliverer. These are really some significant themes seen again and again as we go throughout the uh, the book of uh, Genesis. And it's really going to then set the table uh, for what we later find in the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. Absolutely. The promises that show up in Genesis are something to really be aware of. There's these there's these narratives, and then within these narratives are these these instances of God speaking, and usually speaking to a specific person with a promise, a, a future-oriented promise. And it takes on a lot of different—there's different elements to each promise. You sort of see what this promise is going to look like unfolding a little bit more with each promise. Um, right at the beginning, after the fall, uh, J- God gives a promise that a, a, he was going to put enmity between the woman and, and her offspring and the, the serpent. And that her offspring will will crush the head of the serpent. This is like sort of almost ambiguous, kind of confusing promise. You don't really understand where it's going. And then that promise is carried on down the line. You see promises to to Noah. You see promises then ultimately to Abraham. The, the a lot of the significant ones are then to Abraham. And that promise is passed down through Abraham's family. And so I think looking at those those individual moments of of covenant making with with these people and also of God's promises help to give you, um, maybe an outline is too strong a word, but these moments to look for throughout the narrative of Genesis. Now, one of the things as you go through, it's easy to also get all hung up with uh, names and pronunciations of all those various names. And let's face it, uh, it, they are difficult even for those of us who uh, are in the scriptures day in and day out. Uh, One of the ways to get around some of that is perhaps maybe use some of the other possible uh, apps that are out there or tools uh, like the YouVersion app, which will read the scriptures to you, and then you can hear the name pronounced to help that, but but not getting all caught up in all the various names because you can kind of get lost in the weeds. But realize that there's some key characters this week that we really want to focus in on. Obviously, early Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, their creation, uh, the, the perfect nature in paradise, but then also Noah, uh, as God continues to uh, remind his people of their sinfulness and need for salvation, and then Abraham and Sarah. So those are really the key characters, not that we want to ignore all the other various uh, names that are mentioned there, but reminding that it all comes back to Abraham and back to Noah and Adam and Eve and their plan or part of pl- in God's plan of salvation. It's one of the aspects of the promise to Abraham is that he promises that through Abraham's family, the whole world will be blessed. And so you have this element, and that's why, again, looking at those key characters is helpful, like you said. Uh, the, the promises are for the whole world. The blessings are for the whole world, but they're, they're brought through, and uh, the thread runs through specific people and a specific family, um, and then through the Old Testament, this is setting us up for the rest of the Old Testament, through a specific chosen people, Israel, for the purpose of blessing the whole world, um, which leads us into the New Testament fulfillment of these things. 
but there's this specificity of like being really honed in on specific characters with the sort of supporting characters that surround them um and and i think again adam and eve and noah abraham and sarah and then you have their their sons which will show up near the end of our week isaac and then isaac's son jacob um, become really important as well those those kind of main characters surrounded by supporting characters you start to have the, the genesis kind of guides us through where that thread of the promise is weaving on its way to the fulfillment of the deliverer coming well now as you begin or have already begun your reading of the scriptures as you're getting in one of the things that's very interesting as we talked about in last week's episode was the style or way of writing and realizing, of course, that these early accounts of creation and Noah were a part of verbal uh, history, that they uh, were passed on from generation to generation verbally, and then God used uh, Moses to write them down. It's rather interesting as you begin reading in Genesis to notice how there's different styles of storytelling. Uh, in Genesis chapter 1, just into chapter 2, we find the seven days of creation. And then in chapter 2 again, the, the story of creation is told again, uh, now adding a little bit more emphasis and depth on the sixth day of creation uh, as uh, Adam is given the charge of naming all the animals and the creation of Eve. Uh, so we see how the story is told and then it's retold with a little bit added emphasis in a different area so there's a connectivity between the two sell tellings of the uh, creation story but added in elements and you'll see this again and again the story is told and then it's retold and and adding a little bit more uh, information and emphasis that goes through and we'll see that uh, later as we get into the New Testament between the various Gospels where the same story is told but a little bit more information is given in this writer over that writer, and we see it specifically here right at the beginning in Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah, this is a, a consistent theme throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament as well, and, and something we'll see in some of the books like um, First and Second Samuel and Kings and Chronicles. You see, wait, haven't I read this already? Um, and the fact that we have it right at the beginning of Genesis actually might help us to go to be prepared for that. And, and I think when you, when you see a story told twice, it can be helpful to let that slow you down and say, okay, what, what are the details here that are being drawn out by, by it being told in a different way? And uh, for Genesis chapter 1 and 2, you have both human beings as part of a larger creation. So you have this sort of distinguish, these, these sort of, uh, you're distinguishing two groups, the creator, which is set apart, and the creation, which is everything else. And then... And so you have this like worldwide picture. And then you have in chapter two, it really focuses in on human beings as chosen, set apart. So even what I was saying earlier about how it's this sort of for the whole world, blessing for all things, all creatures, all people. And then you're focusing in on a specific um, agent by whom God is going to make that happen. Uh, the creation narrative at the very beginning is doing that. You have the whole cre creation um, that God loves and calls good. And then he zooms in and focuses on and chooses, sets apart humans, specifically Adam and Eve, um, to be the ones who, who represent him in caring for that creation. Well, it's also very interesting. I think it's very help, helpful for us as we begin and look at God's caring for his people is that he uses 
weak, sinful, fallen human beings for his purpose. Uh, it's easy for us sometimes as we reflect on the stories of the Bible, perhaps maybe we learned them in Sunday school and, or a confirmation class, and, and we remember these stories and we set apart Adam and Eve, we set apart Noah, we set apart Abraham, and, and see them in this big picture, wow, and how can we somehow fit into that picture? And yet we see in Scripture, as we're reading through it, their weaknesses and their sinfulness, and yet even in their weakness, even in their sinfulness, God is able to use them for his purpose. And, and yet that is so important for us to realize that in our weakness and in our sinfulness, as God was able to use them, so he's able to use us today in, in our daily life, in our family, at work, at school, wherever we might be, that just as he was able to use them, so he's able to use us today and not set them apart as this uh, almost superhuman uh, human being that you know never makes a mistake and, and never falls short, and yet God's able to use them as he will be able to use us today in our lives for his purpose. As, uh, as we read through Genesis, something you're going to notice is that the, the biblical authors and Moses and other authors down the line, they don't really uh, sugarcoat things. And I think that's one aspect of that. The, the so-called heroes of the faith are shown in all of their frailty. Like you said, they were sinful people. Um, their faith struggled. They asked questions um, that were and maybe uncomfortable sometimes. They got themselves into bad situations. Um, Abraham is a great example of this in that multiple times throughout the narrative, Abraham demonstrates that he doesn't really understand how God's promise is going to come to be, and he's not uh, not exactly sort of a confident man's man in how he deals with situations. He's he's sort of taking a back seat. He's a little bit scared of, of people around him. Uh, he gets pushed around a little bit by his wife and how th- this how this promise is going to happen. There's a uh, Abraham is not this some sort of superhero like you said, and uh, yet he's also this great picture of faith despite his his uh, lack of perfection. And it, in some ways, because of his lack of perfection, we can see how it's really about God's faithfulness. Um, not not Abraham's even. Abraham follows follows God and trusts in Him, even though he doesn't have the full picture sometimes, and that's a that's a wonderful thing. But he does that because God continues to come after him to f- to make promises, to make covenants, and to be faithful to Him. Well, one of the things very interesting with that is he shows his impatience. He knows what God says He's going to do. God promises He's going to do it, and he gets impatient and. Doesn't that sound familiar? Because we're like that a lot of times. So in his impatience, okay, I'll take charge. I'll do it. And, of course, Abraham, like us, messes it up, gets it wrong. God still gets it done, even in spite of Abraham messing it up, taking things matters into his own hands. Uh, God promises him a son. He's too impatient, finds a way to have a son somewhere else with somebody other than his wife, Sarah. God shows him not that not to be a part of his plan, still gives him a son, um, and still he gets his work done in spite of, not because of Abraham. And just like we're going to find in our own lives, in spite of us, not because of us, God is able to get his plan and fulfill it. 
And we're really going to see that uh, as we get into episode three next week, as we really move further into Abraham's descendants, uh, Isaac and Jacob, and how that also plays out that uh, as Abraham, so Isaac, as Isaac, so Jacob, and it passed on. And we see that uh, we pass on uh, from our, in our families uh, things that we do, we see in our own children and grandchildren. And uh, just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the same thing. And yet God is able to use them, and he'll be able to use us as well. I think it's a great encouragement because in some ways you think, man, God could not have chosen a more dysfunctional family. Um, there's so many there's so many things that you just go, wow, that's, that's messy, that's uh, difficult. And uh, like I said, the Moses doesn't sugarcoat it. There's some pretty rough and... Uh, raw accounts within Genesis of the depths of human sin, and yet the thread of those promises can keep our head above water. Um, help us to see that even in human, even in the, the depths of human sin, the worse it can get, uh, the worst of family, family relationships, including murder, um, you can have God. God is still in the midst of it. He's, he's still keeping his promises. Um, he is still faithful to his people, even this really dysfunctional family. So we encourage you to get into the scriptures. Uh, don't overwhelm yourself. Uh, that's just a couple chapters a, a day to read and a psalm each day. Again, if you're looking for the reading list, uh, please check out our website, zionbismarck.org, or the Read Scripture app. Uh, breaks it down day by day. Uh, we're reading through Genesis chapter 28 this week. And next week, uh, we'll get into uh, Genesis chapter uh, 29 and into uh, through most of the book of Genesis next week. So uh, continue your trek with us as we hike along the way. If you don't have your tools yet, get them together. Uh, get your right equipment together. Uh, we're glad to have you along with us as we continue this trek through the scriptures. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us on our trek through the scriptures this week. This podcast is a ministry of Zion Lutheran Church in Bismarck, North Dakota. To contact us, learn more, or for more resources on our journey this year, please visit zionbismarck.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube. This podcast was made possible by a grant from Lutheran Church Extension Fund. We thank them for their support. Please join me in prayer as we begin our new week. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time as we continue our exploration of God's story in the scriptures. God bless your reading this week.